Hey, who everyone? It's a special episode of the Drunken Disorderly Podcast. We are here with the legend, Maj Toure. Toure, right? Like, yep. I, I'm I'm paranoid about that because I'm terrible with names. Look, some some people will be like Major Toure, <laughs> Maj Trey. Like I've heard it all, but yeah, it's oh, Maj Toure. That's cool. All right, my bad, y'all. I think it's because I'm a. Uh, I'm riding through maybe a potential dead spot. My my fault on that, y'all. But everybody can hear me now. Yep. Yeah. All right, yep. Cool. I can hear y'all too. No chop up. Okay. Who was the, what was the first question? <laughs> um, it, it was kind of a nonsense. So let's just move on because I okay. kind of forget where I was going with it. Okay. Um, have so. Uh, you you have a lot of um, a lot of irons in the fire right now. You've got your your organization. Uh, and you've got your uh, city council race. Um, we're we're, we're kind of here to to try to get you get you out there for the city council race. But do you like which which do you want to talk about? I guess it's up to y'all. I'm I'm open to talking about everything. I just had an IG live last week with uh, John Hickok and who's Hickok 45 son, and we were talking about psychedelics and and aliens <laughs> and guns and freedom. So I'm open to whatever. Whatever questions y'all got, I'm down. Okay, so then I'm going to ask you because I know he is going to come on and ask one of our regular viewers, Justin O'Donnell, is going to ask, what is your stance, your opinion on nuclear power? Um, so my stance on that is freedom. I do not believe, first of all, there's a rule against anything. How you kill or maim somebody is how you choose to do it, right? If you do it, Hopefully that person has the means to defend themselves. You can buy isotopes online. You know, you can buy nuclear shit online. So my thing is, if you do the wrong thing with a thing, you go to jail if you violate somebody's personal property or their physical body, depending upon the level of, you know, violation. I am not, I do not believe that the people, the government, quote unquote, I believe in limited and very small government. The government shouldn't have things, especially firearms, not limited to, that the people don't. You know, right. I, I don't I don't think there's a special type of human, you know, that becomes, you know, a, a politician. Technically, when I'm in the city council seat, I'll be a politician. That gives me no special powers, no extra, you know, mental power. It doesn't give me like two sets of legs, five sets of arms. It's none of that. It's just I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person in a body that's, you know, there to serve the people. So when people use that example of like, Oh, what about nuclear pro proliferation and nuclear arms and all of that? I do not believe that the government should have anything that the people don't have. I doubt highly that somebody is brave enough. And if they are, that's on them. Nuclear power is radioactive. And if you want to play with nuclear power in your living room in front of your children and your kids, I doubt that most people are that stupid. Um, so, you know, to me, I think that that argument is a, a way to try to like roll somebody up into, well, then the government, then you're saying that the government shouldn't have certain, only the government should have certain guns. We see what's popping off in Venezuela right now. 2012, they outlawed firearms. You know what I mean? 2016, they, they lined up for bread in the street. 2019, the same people, the people of Venezuela are getting ran over with tanks. So, nah, I think it's a slippery slope. And I think, you know, the founding fathers to this nation, with their contradictions that they did have, they got some things right. One of them was, we the people, not we the government most of the times and the people sometimes. So that's my view on it. 
I think Chelsea was talking about for, for, for nuclear power from an energy standpoint. But yeah, um, I, I keep hearing people say, like I'm in Oklahoma and here we hear all the time, um, usually from the left, uh, tell me why you need an AR to hunt. I don't, fool. Uh, right. The Second Amendment was not written to protect us from the great elk uprising of 2020. Right. It was written so that we can protect ourselves from a tyrannical government. And if you don't realize that we already live in a paramilitary police state, like I got some news for you. Right. Right. That's 100 percent right. When people say that type of stuff, I can tell that that person's never been robbed at gunpoint before. Right. So I want the most effective means. If in 100 years, I say this all the time, if in 100 years, the technology for self-defense is laser guns. I want laser guns. I'm going to have laser guns. That's just what it is, you know? And so it's not about, I mean, hunting and all that's cool and all of that. But again, the founding fathers was like, look, we're creating arms for the people to defend themselves if the government gets out of line. So I can put my government on timeout. That's what firearms are for. And I think more people need to be upfront and honest about that. And even on a, even on a smaller level, you know, if you take the black community, for example, right? Historically, not limited to, but historically, the black community, you know, has been affected by tyranny. It's just what it is. It's not me just saying it. It's just like, it's, it's what happened. Like, there was this shit called slavery. There was this shit called, like, Jim Crow. There was this shit called, like, the slave codes. So black people in America, no different than my Jewish homies, understand thoroughly, you know, the need for when a government try to switch shit up, you should have the means to protect yourself and your community. And that's all it is. And I'm not saying it's limited to the black community. I'm saying that's the stark example of how a government, you know, can either, either decide to like pick one group of people or then overextend itself into all of the people. And so when people say those types of things and they come up with those ad hoc arguments and all that, it's like, I feel you, bro, but you probably never been robbed. So do you think, because sometimes for me, I kind of feel like, when we talk about the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms, I feel like the conversation is manipulated um, by the opposition into gun discussion, right? Which yeah. certainly is a big part of it. But the right to bear arms is not limited to, to firearms. Um, I know that Corey Watkins in Texas for a while was doing open carry, talking about doing open carry sword marches, right? <laughs> it's not limited to firearms. It, 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 this applies to any weapon that can be used as self-defense correct right. right correct and i think because the firearm is the most effective or the most efficient like okay i got I, I have swords i have swords i have battle axes i have nunchucks i got ninja stars you know what i'm saying but i can't i can't um you know i can't throw it i can only throw a ninja star but so far right my ar my solutionary rifle I could get you from a little bit further with that if you're the bad guy. My point there is that's because that's the most effective one. That's not the limited one. And, of course, people in positions of power don't want you to have the most effective means to defend yourself and your family. You know, And so, really, it turns into a conversation about education. When you bring up that point of saying arms, myself, and non-lethal spaces now where you know, they're talking about knife bans. And that exposes the contradiction. It's just going to start at the most effective to try to move, remove all of the means of protecting yourself. And to keep it 100 with you, if you got nunchucks and I got a 
solution, I'm probably going to win. And so if you got nunchucks or mace or pepper spray, you know, and a tyrannical government, you know, foot soldier has a AR or a, a Glock 22 or a Glock 19, they're going to win. And if they're tyrannical, it doesn't matter if they if it if what they're doing is wrong or based on human rights or constitution. If you don't have the means to defend your value system, the things that you believe, you lose. That's it. So the most effective means is the one. And that's why it, it turns into a conversation generally about firearms more so than just arms. But it's clear. It's all of those things. And then even individual state constitutions like Pennsylvania, you know, Article 1, Section 21 says our, our you know, right to, bear, to keep and bear arms shall not be questioned, shall not be questioned, not even like infringed. Like, no, we're not even talking about this. Like, this ain't even a conversation. You know what I'm saying? And so that's an excellent point that you bring up. But we just have to be more vocal about sharing that with people. And ironically, this is going to sound like some some um, some safe space type shit. But you, we have to we have to do it in kind of a loving and, and sure. educational you know manner as opposed to like browbeating people. Well, yeah. Do you, do you ever get people hitting you with the uh, you know what are you going to do with an AR against a government that has you know jets and bombs and shit? Do you ever get that argument? Yeah, I point him to I point him to two things. More recently, I point him to Venezuela, and you know, like, yo, this is happening right now in real time. And then the other place that I point him to is Vietnam. The other place that I point him to is Afghanistan. We've been in Afghanistan for nineteen, going on twenty years, and those guys clearly we have superior weaponry, but they're fighting for their way of life. They're fighting for you know, like, yo, we just don't want to like if we want to do what we're doing over here. We don't want you coming in here fucking with our poppy fields or whatever, whatever. So I'll point them to those things. And if that was the case, then we should have decimated them a long time ago. If, mm. if that was true. Vietnam War, we lost. Because not, not, motherfuckers didn't even have like a campaign headquarters. They were just popping up and living amongst the people. And you can't hit what you can't see. You know, and they didn't have superior weaponry. So mm. those people that say that, I'm aware that they don't have a certain level of understanding of tactics and, or Sun Tzu and strategy and you know, knowing, knowing the terrain, as well as they may not be aware of certain points in history where, you know, the American America, what the concept of America at that time, we were fighting the British. And I say we, I wasn't there, right? However, this nation was fighting against the most superior fighting squad in the world when they went up against, you know, Britain. That's what happened. When America won. Right. <laughs> America won. So I, I know that that person doesn't have a certain level of understanding of history, but that's great that they don't when they say that because we could turn that into a teachable moment too. Well, and I think that's part of the reason that the focus from, from the government and from gun control advocates is always on guns, right? Because this is the scariest weapon to people right now, yeah. right? If there was something scarier, that's where they'd start. They're going to use the scariest one first because they believe that people are more likely to give that up, right? Because it's scary. But they're not going to stop there. They're not going to stop until they literally have your kitchen knives. Until right. you don't have a pitchfork to fight back. Right. That's right. the plan. Right. It's like when Trump was pushing his bump stock ban. And everybody from the gun community was like, nah, bro. And I said, well, it's just a, some guys were like, and women were like, yo, it's just a bump stock. And it's like, yo, it's not going to stop there. Last week, President Trump talking about silencers is like, yeah, I don't know him and we're looking into it. A silencer is a can. It doesn't even shoot a bullet. It just sits there. It's, it's an NFA item, but it's just sitting there. 
So now we go from bump stocks and there's a ban on those. And shouts to Brandon Combs and the guys over at Firearms Policy Coalition, you know, and the other lawyers and attorneys that's fighting against that. I was there at the United States Court of Appeals when that got appealed, you know, a few months ago. But my point there is it never stops at the one thing, you know. It's like bullies don't be like, you know what, I'm only going to take your lunch money this one time. Right? <laughs> it's not how they do it. You yeah. know, now if you punch the bully in the fucking mouth, he'll never, he'll never try it again. But if you give up that lunch one time, that lunch money one time, until you punch him in the mouth and stop him, they're going to keep going. Now they want your lunch money. Now they want your sneakers. Now they want your girlfriend. And if your girlfriend's pretty hot, that may be where you draw the line. You don't know. <laughs> but either way, you started with something that you thought, well, it's just one lunch. Oh, it's just one pair of sneakers. Oh, now it's your girlfriend. So just stop it in the beginning. No, you can't have my fucking lunch money. No, you can't have my bump stock. I don't even like bump stocks, but no, you can't have them because mm-hmm. the issue is about personal property. The issue is about personal freedom and protecting the individual liberties of the smallest republic, which is that one individual citizen. And to me, the side like saying silencer, first off, like it's the common vernacular. I get that. People hear silencer and they think 007 and that's <laughs> not how it works. No, a suppressor is what they're talking about, and yeah. I think uh, the numbers I read were uh, a normal bullet's like uh, 145 decibels. Uh, suppressed bullet is 130. Like it's still loud. You if you don't hear it, it, there's something yeah. wrong with your hearing. It keeps it. That's why they rolled that up into the when they were trying to get silences off of the NFA list. They rolled that up into what was called the Hearing Protection Act, the HPA, because. Really, it's more about, yeah, this this muffles the sound a bit to make it so your those decibels aren't destroying your ears. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's really what it is. Um, but again, a lot of these people that make these statements, you know, I would love. That's why at Black Guns Matter, we don't really attack them. We just be we just like, yo, bro, you missing information. Let me share it with you now. If you still don't want a firearm. Cool. More for me. No doubt. However. I'm going to always respect your right to not want a firearm, and I want you to respect my right to have a firearm. I got friends that are super anti-gun, right? When I come into their house, they always like, yo, Maj, I'm scared to death of guns. I don't, I don't like guns in my house. I don't take my gun into their house. And I make it a teachable moment where I make a joke. I'll say like, yo, if somebody come in your house and kill me, if I die in your house, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really kill you if I get killed in your house without a gun. You know, and we'll... Larry Sharp makes a whole, he, he has a, a, a whole talk kind of that he does about this. Um, and one, one of his responses to that is like, look, I get that you don't like guns, that you think they're scary and they're nasty, but do not kid yourself. You own guns. You own millions of guns. The difference between me and you, though, is you pay a police officer in a police department to store your guns for you. And you call them when you need them. And I go in to my gun safe and get mine when I need it. But make no mistake. Everybody who thinks you don't own guns because you don't like guns, you own guns and you use them. You just pay somebody else to do your dirty work for you. Right. It's like I, I mean, carry that's a gun for the same reason a cop do. You know what I'm saying? I can't carry a cop on my hip and I don't outsource my personal defense. I'm not waiting. Cops exactly. after the fact. Like you're going to call somebody with an actual gun. <laughs> It's like, it's like, oh, give her a rape whistle. So as she's getting fucking ravaged, 
by some fucking scumbag, I'm going to blow a whistle. Someone with an actual gun will show up to protect you. Why would you outsource yourself that way? Cops come to clean the mess up and take a report of the mess that was created. You know what I mean? Hopefully, you're not the mess that they're cleaning up. And I don't ever want to be the mess. Like right now, for example, right? I don't. I do not have a gun on me right now, right now, and I'm like, yo, at so many things that I see, and I'm like, damn, man, that would be crazy. Like I can fight. Like I'm in the gym. I could kick a mule. I could like kick mule kick a building, but I cannot box a bullet. That's just what it is. Oh. <laughs> and like seriously, if you've never been shot, take it take it from somebody who has been. Shit fucking hurts. Shit okay. hurts, bro. <laughs> Even if it's not lethal. You will never fucking forget it. Right. <laughs> and and as, 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 a, as a male, right, more men are raped in America than women. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking get raped. That's just what it is. Because jail, most rapes happen in jail amongst men. As a dude, I don't want to get raped. So if some dude comes home from jail and I'm reasonably handsome, right, I do squat, <laughs> I got a great ass, yeah. I don't do like <laughs> I just don't want to get hurt. It's just what it is. Perfectly understandable. Oh my God. These two were complaining in the pre-show about that they didn't want to do squats. So I'm not doing squats. <laughs> no, no. Squat. Flat, that's that. Squat. Listen, squats enhance the quality of life. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Lori, uh, I'm going to Ewing is saying that, that um, midget cops uh, carried via belt would be extremely popular in F- in Ankapistan. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> I believe the correct term is now uh, little people, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Yo, I can't keep up. There's so many things. I can't either. It's Nor like do I so want to be honest. It's like, yo, I was just talking to my partner about that today. She was like, yo, I'm going to just start calling people humans. And like, yo, all right, the human dude with the brown hair. Like, <laughs> like that's it. I mean, I mean, I- We we all know the joke about did you just assume my gender, but think about think about that for a minute. Not only do we assume other people's gender, we assume their ethnicity, we assume their religion, we assume their sexual preferences, we assume all of that stuff all day long. And most of the time, I'm willing to bet we're wrong about a lot of it. Yep, yep, a a lot of that stuff. I just I just want to stay open and objective to people that may not have a certain understanding. If they don't have a certain understanding, if I'm open and objective, I could potentially help them. And that's just the way that I move through life. So, so um, how do you handle the trolls then? How do I handle control of what? No, trolls. How do you handle people who are like, you know, they're asking the question, but they don't really want the answer. They're just there to razz you. What is your advice to new oh, actors yeah. who are dealing so, with like, that? Yeah, I got an excellent way of dealing with them. Like, say for social media, right? I'll give them, like, one or two. They'll get their things off. And then if they keep going on that, my my phrasing for that is, cool story, bro. (laughs) Nice. Because you know that triggers a lot of those assholes. Like, oh, my God, he's not not taking the bait anymore. Nope. (laughs) I do not be the trolls. And that's a trap, right? You fall falling into it. That we can use, I'm all there for that. Like, I'll screenshot that. Some so perfect example. Somebody yesterday or a few days ago, wow, she's hot. <laughs> Some somebody a few days ago was like, Maj is a tool for white supremacists, right? And I was like, yeah, like um, uh, if if it was for white supremacy, 
So I'm arming like all of the people that the white supremacists hate. I am the worst like tool for white supremacy you ever seen in your life, if that's the case. So I screenshotted that response. We can use those as jokes and teachable moments. That is the biggest thing that you can do with trolls. Recognize them for what they are and use them as teachable moments and we all have a laugh about it. Yeah, so Maj is saying to, to activists everywhere, it, it's really okay to disengage from nonsense. It is. You can do it once in a while. Try it. You might like it. <laughs> this race that you're in, the setup is a little weird to me because the way it was explained is that one party can only have five of the seven seats. And and so that means that there's always two Republicans on this on the city council and can, can you explain that in a way that makes sense? Cause I'm still a little like weirded out by it. Everybody's weirded out by it. I'm weirded out by it. I'm going to just get in there and try to figure it out when I'm in there. But so basically what I'm fighting for is a minority seat. They call it minority because Philadelphia is 80% Democrat. Okay. Um, all of the minority parties, libertarian, independent, green tea, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, those those seats, those two seats are fought for by everybody that goes in a general election. Um, the benefit that I have is most of my constituency that I that, that bang with me are Democrat. You know, they're from Philly, but they like me and they like the freedom message that we're about and the work that we do for the community. Um, so that's a great thing. Um, I have national support from more right leaning folks, you know, so I get. Uh, the best of both worlds. Um, this, the, the game, though, is rigged, though, for the two-party system. It's rigged because, you know, they want a two-party system. You know, it's easier to control people if you can put them in one of two boxes. It's a little bit more difficult to have layered, uh, nuanced uh, thought, free, independent thought that doesn't just go with the party line. So they, made a, they make it a little bit harder for you to even get ballot access. So, for example... If I wanted to, if I ran as a, a Democrat or a Republican in Philadelphia to get on the ballot, I would need 1,000 signatures, right? Because I'm running as, you know, a libertarian, I need 3,200 signatures. So, right. So from the beginning, it's already designed with a hurdle in mind. Yeah. Um, it's how, amazing. How, how is your signature collection going? I've been, I've been hearing a lot of the guys that are helping you and seeing some really cool stuff going on. But like, where are you at, do you think? I don't know. I know when I I know I know when I get to six thousand uh, signatures, then I'll handle hand them in because they're going to try to discredit some of them. Right. So I'm going to get double okay. what they say I need. There's That's absolutely no way that I don't get in if I get six thousand signatures. Because uh, like Steve Sheets is in. He's I forget. Like he's kind of close, right, Steve to yeah, Philly. I remember we were working on his campaign trying to get during the signature process and he he went over what he needed but they invalidated a chunk of his signatures. It was yep. it was brutal. Yep. So look that's what they do with with ballot access in all cases, right? It's a yeah. shifting of the goalposts. They change the rules and they want us to jump their hoops. It and right. it's amazing. It's fraternity college boy crap is what it is. It's, what I'm going to do, do we we're going to fine tooth comb the whole situation. If I get six thousand signatures and y'all try to invalidate more than half of them, I'm 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 a I'm gonna make you I'm gonna give you my full attention, and somebody involved is gonna get hit with lawsuits. Y'all gonna wind up financing two more years of Black Guns Matter if y'all play it that way. You know what I'm saying? 
So that already got the. Uh, uh, listen, I know they're gonna try to attack. I've been falsely accused of rape before. That was thrown out by a judge. They're gonna they're gonna bring that up, or maybe not. Maybe they know not to play me that way, or at least attempt to. But either way, I'm going to get ballot access. I need forty five thousand votes. I'm going to get on the seat of city council at large, and we're gonna go from there. I'm gonna make as much impact as I humanly can to make sure that uh, the people of Philadelphia are heard, represented thoroughly, and I want to cut past some of the red tape. It's very simple. We just need regular people to be in. The, the job is not that hard. The job is <laughs> serving the people, talking to your constituents, the same exact thing that I've been doing for the last three or four years with Black Guns Matter. The only difference is, you know, I can't take gifts. That's the only difference. So what's your most critical need right now other than money? Like money is always the most critical need, right? But what I need, I need to hurry up and get rid of the remaining $9,000 that we need to raise for Black Guns Matter so I don't have to. So I'm fundraising two things at once. I'm fundraising for Black Guns Matter and that money in that campaign is completely separate than my political campaign. Um, the reason why I need to hurry up and get that $9,000 out of the way is so I can hurry up and spend it so I can get all of the classes scheduled for the rest of 2019. Then I can focus completely on the city council race. So that's really what I need. I need to knock that. We, we Our goal for 2019 was $50,000 raised. We need a little under, little under $10,000, maybe closer to $9,000 at this point. Raising that, giving that money away for the classes that everybody that shows up can come for free is uh, will give me room so I don't have to run two fundraising campaigns at once. So that's the critical need. It's not necessarily the money per se. And like you said, the money helps, but it'll free a lot of space that's being rented in my mind to fundraising to get these classes done. Because while I'm running the city council campaign, I'm also flying all around the country doing all of these things uh, to inform more people in urban America across the country. So that's the biggest need. Anybody that's listening right now, if you agree, if you like the work that we're doing at Black Guns Matter, please, we only got $9,000 or a little bit over left to raise for that. Um, please hit GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. That will help us out tremendously on time, energy, and resource front. When is this election? Reven remember, remember the 5th of November. Okay. And that's this year. Oh, hit my mic. This year. Okay. What what kind of response do you get when you're doing the Black Guns Matter thing and you're you're going into, I, I guess, urban areas? Like, what kind of feedback do you get when you do that? The hood fuck with me heavy. <laughs> it's just I, I, the people know they know they know I got liberty based ideologies. They know I lean more conservative, but they also know that I don't be saying a lot of bullshit that a lot of the black conservatives say. Quite honestly, a lot of um. Uh, black and brown conservatives, uh, they be repeating these certain talking points, like saying that police brutality is a myth. I don't agree with that. Um, and that's not a personal attack on any of the people that have said those points, but that's bullshit. Police brutality right. is not a myth, you know, um, and it's not. And it's also black people are not the primary victims of police brutality. To be perfectly honest, it's white dudes. Y'all get white dudes get beat up by the cops more than anybody but the reality is tyranny's tyranny mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so the reason why a lot of you know urban america bang with me is because they know i'm not saying stuff like i'm, I'm hearing guys defending uh 
you know, the Central Park Five, this documentary just came out, docu-series, just came out on Netflix called When They See Us. And I think her name is Linda Fairstein, who was, who was the attorney for Central Park Five. Five young men of brutally beating and raping this, you know, this, this young lady. She was in a coma for 12 days. Who couldn't determine who it was. No fingerprints, no blood, none of that, right? They convicted these young men. Came forward, confessed, his DNA matched. He goes to jail. Those guys get exonerated. They get $41 million for being falsely imprisoned. And we got black conservatives still saying, because Donald Trump took out $85,000 in ads to convict, to help convict those young men, right? We have these guys still saying, oh, we think that they still did it. Contradiction. Wow. Man. Well, I mean, if police brutality is a mess, how do you explain Malice Green? I, I don't know that one. I don't either. Malice Green was a, a young man in Detroit in I don't, um, 91 um, who was pulled out of his car. The cop said he was reaching for a crack vial in his glove box. And even if he was... Let me be clear. They pulled him out of his car and beat him to death on the fucking sidewalk. That crackophilia one way or the other. Police brutality being a myth is one of the silliest things that some conservatives or right-leaning people say, right? A lot of those dudes have attachments to, like, the thin blue line, and they got police officers that's family, just like me. I have police officers that's friends and family. But a spade is a spade. Bullshit is bullshit. This is what it is. So some of those talking points, the reason why urban America bangs with me is because I'm up the middle and I'm objective. You know, I'm not attacking the president of the United States. I'm critiquing his policies. And when those policies are inaccurate, I say that's inaccurate, like his position on bump stops. You know what I'm saying? It's false. You know, and so what happens a lot of times is, uh, you know, a lot more a lot more people that are from urban America that would um, identify more with conservative values because, to be quite honest, most of urban America lives a very con- uh, uh, conservative, fiscally, they live a very conservative lifestyle for the most part. They're turned off by that because you have people, you know, saying things like that. You Look, at a certain point, we got to accept that it's policy and principle over party. That's just what it is. And so... So to the, the long, I went a roundabout way of answering that question. The reason why they bang with me is because they know that I'm going to tell them the truth. And, I, and I, so if a cop it has to shoot somebody because the guy's pointing a gun at him and the guy happens to be black, that cop and the cop happens to be white or whatever race, that human, you know, is the, because of his or her job description, he or she, just, you know, deserves to make it home to the, his or her family as well. And I'm not just going to be like, Oh, no, because he was a cop. Basically, the reason why the hood banged with me is because they know I'm going to be... Um, they might even disagree with me, but they know I'm not just re- recycling talking points that was handed to me. And to be quite honest, a lot of um, conservatives do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I consider myself liberty-based, you know, but I, actually, I I lean more, you know, quote-unquote conservative. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a liberal in the classic sense of, libertari- of, of liberalism. Them dudes that was like tossing tea up in the harbor type vibes you know i'm more uh freedom-based dudes like nat turner was like nah natural law the slavery thing ain't what it is and i think the hood banged with me for those reasons so i don't get pushed back i don't get attacked 
what, what a lot of those conservatives do, though, is initially they'll invite me out to things. And because I'm very charismatic and very upfront and very electric, they don't want to they don't invite me back to those things a lot of times because of the fact that I wind up stealing a shine, to be perfectly honest. I'm stealing <laughs> yeah. a shine based on honesty. Like even in this interview, I don't have a problem telling the truth. I don't have a problem saying I have a great ass. There's nothing wrong with that. You, you know, know and that's something I wanted to talk to you about. I was watching a lot of your videos the last couple of days from like three years ago, from a year ago till today. And I think something that will be great for you with your campaign and everything else is you always sound the same. Your message doesn't change. You don't sound change the way that you speak to, you know, fit the crowd that you're talking to. You're always yourself. And I think that that sets you apart as not a politician and somebody people can get behind and relate to much better than these assholes that sound like puppets. Right. Right. And it, and it's, it's inauthentic. So what they do is, you know, again, they'll invite me out to the thing. I'll engage the public. I'll electrify the room and they'll, they'll say, Oh man, that was great. That was great. That was great. And they'll never invite me to anything else again. I, I, I don't attack anybody. I attack your policies. I disagree with what you're saying, but then what happens is now you got to have a conversation with me and I'm not starstruck. So I don't care of who, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? I'll shoot right. Donald Trump Jr. a DM and be like, yo, bro, your pop's tripping. Cause like, what's up, what's up with that? you know what I'm saying? And it's like, listen, the truth is the truth. Now, if you're strong enough to deal with that, then don't, you know, I'm not attacking you as a man or as a woman. I'm saying, what you're saying here, here's the data to disprove what you're saying about this thing. That is called being objective. That is what the founding fathers, those documents that they wrote, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of thought. That isn't just something that we just say now. That's how we're supposed to actually live. But I'm not doing that. And so it might take me a little bit longer to get a TV show, you know, or to get my Bentley Continental GT because I'm not just shoveling the bullshit just for the bag, just for the check. And I honestly believe a lot of those dudes and women do that because they have aspirations to go in a different direction. The irony of it is, is it's like this. I, I equate it to like record labels, right? Record labels and executives and ARs at the label, they pick people that, well, he or she had, you know, the hit single, they had the club song, they had a strong, you know, social media following. So when they ask the label for money for this project, if the project doesn't blow out the frame, they kind of like protecting their job because the person is safe because they did the checklist, right? They had the hit song, they had the club song, they had the girl song, they had the love song, they had the street song. The problem with that is all of the artists that actually blow out the frame do not fit those traditional molds. When Kanye West was on Rockefeller, when he got initially signed, they signed them for the goddamn beats. They was like, well, he's a producer. And he was like, no, nah, I'm a producer, but I'm a rapper too. And at the time, every artist was wearing like, you know, hip hop culture at the time was baggier clothes. He had more form fitting stuff. He was wearing pink polos and Italian loafers. And they was like, yo, you don't fit in. Good art, genuine nature, authenticity does not always fit into a mold. And it's like, we got a thousand examples of people that didn't fit the mold that blew out of the frame. Jay-Z himself. Every single major label told him, nah, you're not, it's not good. And he, and he was forced to create his own lane. 
good thing he did because now, 20 years later, he's the billionaire. So it's the same concept. I don't want to fit. If you don't, if you can't accept the fact that I'm going to be objective, I'm going to be respectful, but I'm going to have a respectful irreverence for falsehoods. I'm going to respectfully decline to agree with something that I know is not accurate. I am not going to tow a party line or a, a thought process line just for your sake to make your bag feel secure. I'm not going to do that. That's why America is becoming weaker and weaker. The concept of ideology and sharing and philosophical debate, these are more than just words. These are fucking perspectives. And we have to get back to that. We have to get back to that. So if those guys or those women don't want to have me on their show or, or they get mad at me because I go be on Tommy Lahren's show, who quite honestly has been the person that they say is super duper racist is the person that since she was on the Blaze Network and went over to Fox, fought and fought and fought to make sure that our plat- she, I was on her platforms, right? But yet and still, the black media, and I'm not saying all of them because I've been on, you know, Jet and all of that. But Charlemagne the God is saying it's, it's for the culture that is tweeted. Oh, I would love to have him on the show. Why hasn't it happened yet, bro? Be, oh, because I don't told the Democratic Party line. How come y'all ran all of the, a gang of the presidential Democratic hopefuls up there, but yet and still there has been no conservative or libertarian or independent or Republican presidential hopeful up there? Why? Because the people in your media lane only want to talk to urban America about left-leaning things. It is yeah. mind control. And I'm not, I'm never going to be controlled, period, end of discussion. Maj Boomer Shannon says, say hi for him. Um, he, 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 wants up, me to, he wants me to tell you he'll be in Philly next week. I He's know, a good guy. We're going to chop it up when you get over here too, Boomer. And Justin O'Donnell says, you stole Shine from Sarwark in D.C. and we'll still invite you back. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I did. And, and Starwark had on like a really nice suit too. That guy was clean. Uh, he's a sharp dresser. He is. He's he's snazzy. <laughs> yeah. I hope Nick's watching tonight. <laughs> Yo, but Nick, listen, me and Nick, cause so me, Nick, and Mike Heiss was having that conversation philosophically. Now I'm like a blend of those guys as far as fashion, right? Mike mm-hmm. Heiss, I don't know how many people know him. Mike show up with a t-shirt and sweats, chilling. Yeah. But Mike knows his stuff. We had him on last week. Yeah, he's Nick, Nick knows his stuff, but Nick will splash you with a suit on at any given moment. Me, when it's time for me to put on a suit, you know, I'll wow you that way. Okay, cool. It's a wardrobe. You robe yourself in the attire necessary for whatever war or environment that you're in. So if I go to the Palm, I, I was I just came from the Palm. I might have some jumbo cocktail shrimp, but I got on some shorts and some Nikes and a tank top. It doesn't matter to me. The content and the character and the intelligence of the person speaks to those higher ideals. Because I'm an artist, right? There's a quote that says, be careful of artists because they merge with all members of society. Therefore, they are dangerous. And that's what I am. That's what we are as liberty-based, conservative thought process, you know, freedom, women and men. That's what we are. And that's why certain portions of media, they scared to death to give me their platform. Unless I'm going to say certain things that they can cut and edit to spin in their favor. Mm-hmm. And I ain't really tripping off that. Use what you can use. You know, but whether you're dressed a certain way, 
or whether you're super duper rich. There's a reason why super duper rich people follow me and bang with me and super duper poor people bang with me and follow me because the authenticity, whether I'm in that suit, whether I got some Wakanda gear on, whether I got some Tom Ford, whether I got some Nikes, whether I got some stuff from the thrift store, that well-rounded approach is what we have to, you know, condition our young people, especially to, to, towards. It's not the outside, it's the internals. And that inner glow based on your knowledge and your confidence is what allows you to m maneuver uh, through most the, the multitude of these rooms. So one of the videos I was watching, you were talking about uh, getting pushback when you give these classes from police officers and other uh, LEOs. What is that about? What are they pushing back about? I don't um, understand. I, I don't necessarily get pushback from law enforcement officers on the classes. I get pushback from some law enforcement officers, a very small amount. It's very small. Uh, I get pushback from those officers when I call out uh, killings of American citizens, humans, whether they're melanated or not, by law enforcement officers. And a lot of those dudes, you know, uh, a lot of those people are killed with no impunity. You know what I'm saying? So those officers go, well, you don't know the job. I don't need to know the job. I need to know that there should be a standard. So, for example, if I kill somebody in self-defense, right, mm -hmm. when I go to court, I have to justify use of deadly force. The definition of whether your uh, deadly force is justified is, <laughs> is your life in imminent danger, like right now? Not, did you fear for your life? So what a lot of officers say is, oh, I feared for my life. If I, as a citizen, kill someone, I, and it got to be a slam dunk. There's Jason Voorhees with the knife coming to stab me. I shot the shit out of Jason Voorhees, and there's the knife, and that's what happened. I'm not even going to get charged in them circumstances because my life was in imminent danger. Now, if Jason Voorhees is walking up the street with his mask on and my life is not in imminent danger and I shoot the shit out of Jason Voorhees, I go to jail. That's it. Not because, oh, it was Jason and he looked scary. Right. That, that is not, me and Janine talk about this all the time. That is not equal protection under the law. That's a difference. And so when I call that out, some small section of officers try to justify that bullshit and it's not justifiable yeah like like the terrence creature shooting yeah. i mean we, it's 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 done not like like in the terrence creature shooting i i mean everybody in oklahoma everybody in tulsa we watched officer betty shelby murder this man shoot him and and murder him um she was there in his immediate vicinity her partner was there in his immediate vicinity vicinity her partner deployed his taser yeah she reached for her sidearm and executed this man and got off and got hired by another police department i mean come on right they should have to switch lines of work they shouldn't be able to bounce from they one department be in jail just like you would be or just yeah, like yeah, Right. Well, we we talked a lot about you guys are both ex-military. The rules of engagement for military is much more stringent than the police. Like you guys have to go down a checklist before you can shoot somebody. And the cop is just like, oh, I felt a little scared. Dude, you have to go down a checklist before you can take a shit. Like, like seriously, my article 15 was for scavenging. We're taking fire. I take a part off a down vehicle that is abandoned to fix our vehicle so we can leave. And they take my rank for that shit. Something little like that. Hell yeah. 
No, man, this it's it, it's not a game, and I think a lot of people think that this is something they perpetuate in line. It's real. Yep, and and that's the area that we we get some pushback from some law enforcement officers, and that's mostly though. That's mostly on like social media, you know. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say to my friends in the hood, all cops are bad and they all hang up. If you some of the people that come to our classes are expecting to be like, yeah, kill Whitey, yeah, kill the police. No, I'm not saying that. Every human, regardless of their job description, deserves to make it home to their friends and family. Period. Okay. But I'm also not gonna sugarcoat when somebody, Officer Yanez or ex Officer Yanez murdered Philando Castile in front of his fucking family. That's what happened. You know, so don't expect me to say that's not what it is. You know, just because he had a better legal team and he got off, okay, he was exonerated. I got to live with that. But I still think that that's a homicide. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not I'm not a person that's making blanket statements on any side. I'm going to be objective and look at the data and look at the information and look at the setting. So you can't get to me at one of our hood homies and go, yeah, he killed that guy. Well, the guy pointed a gun at him. If you point a gun at me, I don't give a fuck if you a cop or not. If you point your gun at me, I'm going to shoot you. That's it. That's it. I'm going to defend. If it's you or me, it ain't going to fucking be me. Right. That's it. And, you know, what's the the old, uh, the, like, the bumper sticker slogan? I'd rather be... Judged by 12, then carried by six. Yep. 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 Every day. And, and look, just like some some innocent people are convicted, some not so innocent people walk. That's the system. It, we all know that. Just because they walk, though, doesn't make them not a murderer. It's, it's right. It's no different than murder. some people are some, some people are in jail. They're in jail. And again, going back to that Central Park Five thing. The DNA shows and the confession shows in time, yo, we actually didn't do this. You know, and so, you know, it's, it's layered and it's nuanced and it's, it's context and all that other good stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that we have to just remain open and objective and not be bootlicking so much that we, we can't, you know, fathom the concept that, oh, my God, it's possible that a law enforcement officer used his or her, you know, uh, position to do the wrong thing. They're humans just like everybody else. Yeah, you're not like the minute you graduate the academy, you get some um, some special magical power of infallibility. It doesn't happen. Right, exactly. Blue suit. That, that kind of per perfection voodoo, Dre. It's the special blue suit that they put on. Right. It's, mag it's magical. <laughs> it's like the opposite of the Star Trek red shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there seems to be that thing that if you if you criticize police, it means you're anti-cop, right? right? If you criticize a doctor, you're anti-medical care. If you criticize a politician, you're anti your country. No, that's all bullshit. Nobody's right? above criticism, and nobody right. should be. I mean, everybody's should be open to bettering themselves. You know, they call it practicing medicine for a reason. You're practicing getting right. better and perfecting the shit. Right. Right. So don't so don't tell me that there's there's it's infallible. You know, it's like I think there's another there's another reason why people tend to gravitate towards me because I've owned, you know, um, who I am as well as the things the areas where I have failed. Right. A few years ago, I messed up a lot of people's shirts, right? We called a fire, my ego, I tried to print up shirts myself. 
I woke up one morning, I had 400 shirt orders. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> During the time that I took a long time to get people their stuff, I had to own that I fucked up. That's it. You got to some people we a lot of people we sent shirts to that we sent refunds to as well they had we knew that you got the refund we still gonna send you the shirt i think what people start to recognize with me over the you know the last few years is i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell the truth and be objective even on myself you know and so we need that type of person in political office and that's the reason why instead of me just saying it it's like, all right, well, fuck it, I'll do it. Like, all right, I'll, I'll if I, you know, you get in the ring, even if you don't get a thing, you know, you got to throw your hat in that ring. If you believe that you could build a better mousetrap, build it, you know? Like, what was the Gretzky quote? You'll miss 100% of the shots you never take. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's kind of been like a, a life mantra for me. Absolutely. You talk about who, who, who your heroes are, man. They, they're, my heroes are everybody and in those little small pieces like that, right? Something that, right. that hits home and resonates and makes me a better person. And sometimes those things come come from, from criticism. Right? But if you're not open to that, you're not going to grow. doesn't mean it's all valid, but it, damn, think about it. Yeah, right. you have to be open to it and listen. Right. Because if not, how are you going to know if they bullshitting? Because if I find out you bullshitting on your criticisms, now I get to make fun of you. It's a joke now. Now I'd be like, what? That's like everybody that's like, Maj is a convicted rapist. I'm like, nah. I met a girl in the 21-year-old nightclub. We were supposed to hook up. When she came to the house, she wanted money. I was like, nah, no thank you. She lied. The judge saw it. The judge threw it out. Period. And then guys are like, he's a rapist. And I'm like, oh, I can totally make fun of you now. You know what I'm saying? I've had to deal with that accusation for some bullshit reasons too. So I'm I'm right there with you on that nonsense. See, that shit pisses me and Dre off. Yeah, we don't we don't deal well with that shit. No, man. One of our followers, uh, Justin O'Donnell, was also being called a Nazi today on Twitter by Talib Kweli. Oh yeah, I think I got caught up in that bullshit too. Yeah. So what was that about? Like, I don't, I'm not on Twitter. I refuse. I have a profile. I've never tweeted. He, he Talib Kweli is, is, uh, God bless his heart. Um, <laughs> Are you saying that in a Southern way? Yeah. Like, no, that, was my, that was my New Orleans. God, God bless him. God <laughs> bless him. Um, yeah, he mad. He mad at the world. His contemporaries, um, have out, have superseded his position in life. And, uh, he just goes in. He said I was a Nazi too a few months ago. He said I, I'm hanging with because I did the show with Tommy Laren and I'm, you know, all of this other stuff. It's like, listen, I take pictures with anybody that's not disrespectful to me, right? And right. you know, it's like, oh, you got pictures with this person. I'm like, Talib, listen, I'm actually doing work for the community. Show me what work you're doing that supersedes mine, and I'll submit to the superior work ethic. If not, shut the fuck up. And then he started threatening me. I was like, yo, Talib, I'm in the gym. I'll beat this shit out you. Like, stop. I'll fuck you up. Oh, my like, God. Come on, man. Like, cut it out. Like, do you want to fight? Like, we don't. Well, what like, does he do, actually? I, All I know is he tweets a lot of bullshit. He's a rapper. He, he tweet and he rap. <laughs> I remember he was going after Eric July, too. And it was kind of yeah. the same response. Like, dude, I will dunk you. <laughs> yo, that's how I. Listen, that, when, I, when I saw them going through it, 
I was trying to, I saw the miscommunication and I jumped in and was like, oh no, y'all are just having a miscommunication. I thought that Talib actually was trying to be objective. He wasn't. I was like, oh no, no, no. What he's saying is this. And he was like, no, you're defending a white supremacist. So you're a white supremacist too. And I'm like, oh, all right. And then it kept going. And I'm like, yo, cuz I'll really fuck you up, man. Like, I'm nice with my hands. I'll fuck you up. Like, stop. <laughs> After Eric July, I we have all put it in the same room with Eric July. And yeah, granted, Dre and I are not like Amazonian or anything, but he is a big fucking dude. Yeah. And, and then he's he's not just big, he's well put together and big. He's a like, big fucking dude. I wouldn't right. try it. With words, I'd love to see him take him apart on online, even, you know? I you told, know what? I, I told Talib. Here's my call out to Talib then. You know, Taj needs, Taj needs nine grand for Black Guns Matter, and you want to throw down, so let's turn this into a fundraiser, man. Look, him at the gym. He, he does not want to throw down. Help us raise this money, nine grand, he will throw down with you. Like, put your money where your mouth is, bro. Listen, everybody that, so it was a bunch of people saying that, and I said that, I was like, yo, everybody that has an issue with me, I got 10 grand. You put up 10 grand, right? Win or lose, right? We put some money towards the you know, the uh, whatever of your choice. I'm going to take some of the money. But if I win, I will donate, you know, some money to a charity. You win, you donate the money to the charity. I got 10K in cash. What's up? Everybody get quiet. Nope. <laughs> it's not it always goes. It's just never interesting. It's, it's all good, though. I got to get it out of my system before I become a politician. Because then they're going to be like, man, the councilmen always want to fight somebody. <laughs> we were joking one night um a, a group of friends that Dre and I have that that's how you solve the problems in Congress right you lock the door and you tell them last man standing gets their way boy right and you just walk away no I mean if you did that right now I'm, I'm pretty sure we're just gonna live in the world of Dan Crenshaw though Oh hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I got my money like look I'm I don't I don't agree with them. But I got my money on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a badass. Change every election cycle, though, right? What's that? Hey, that's gonna change every election cycle. We just need a match to, to like beef up Massey. We need Thomas Mads to start in the gym. Yo, I t listen. I texted him yesterday, and uh, I was talking to him about getting some wisdom, and I actually want to like hang out with him in his crib in Kentucky, man. You know, he lives, like, off the grid and shit. Yes. Did you see that little documentary that they put together about him? That was yeah. amazing. I got to see that at Yalcon, and I got to meet him. And I was just, I had tears in my eyes. Yo, <laughs> he was at Yalcon. Which one? In Philly? Uh, no, this was at, um, in Reston, Virginia, right outside D.C. last oh. summer. Okay. I feel like everybody right now is all about homage and, you know, cool you got to do you. But Massey is the real deal, man. Yeah. Massey gets fucking overlooked, and he is the real deal. Amash is close to the real deal, but Massey is the shit. He's yeah. already there. When I when I was in D.C. last, I went to his office, and um, what happened was I was doing Andrew Wilco's show, and they were supposed to be meeting up with Rand Paul to do something. And um, uh, it got the timing worked out where their interview was after my interview. They got pushed back. So they was like, yo, you want to go over to Congress real quick? I was like, yeah, let me put my gun away. And then we could go over to, like, Congress and shit. 
So I go over to Congress and <coughs> like in the room and I went at first I'm in Rand Paul and they're doing an interview and that was dope. And I want I actually had dinner with Rand Paul last week sometime when he came to Philly. And um but then I text Thomas Massey. I, I was like, Yeah, he might he might be busy. But I text him and he was like, Yo, I'm just doing this Boeing thing, this Boeing hearings. And then right after that, let's kick it. And I really wanna so in that same day, I was in Rand Paul's spot and then I was right in Massey's spot. And hopefully okay. they're gonna help me out with the campaign pretty soon as we get closer to the election. But um they 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 solid dudes, man. I like principled men and women in fucking political service. I love principled people in those positions of public service, man. I, I, I have a I have a really important question, I think. Sure. Are you paraphrasing or did he actually say let's kick it? <laughs> Yo, he was like he was like, Yeah, let's kick it. I got the tweet, I got the text, I swear. <laughs> okay. It's been a humble brag. Cause I'm telling people like, yeah, yeah, I'm about to just call Thomas Massey real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get sassy with Massey real quick and see what he's <laughs> about. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a little, it's a little humble brag, but I, I just love, and that's, those are the things that I want to make sure that I'm maintaining as a politician. That authenticity, the genuine nature of it, calling bullshit, um, supporting areas where we can, and using limited government in the spaces where we're actually serving the people, more so than just extracting it like. You know, strengthen our pockets. Hey, quick question though. Wait, sure. Your shirt, that all gun control is racist shirt. Mm -hmm. Real quick, are you married? Um, I'm almost libertarian married. What does that mean? What's that? In the state of Nebraska, it's a series of contracts that you can take out, none of which includes a marriage license. So we're going to do a cohabitation agreement, power of attorney, a series of wills. So as little state involvement as possible, but we're both protected legally. Yo, I love that. What state is that? Nebraska. Nebraska. I never been there. You don't. It's oh. you don't want to. No. Oh, like, dude, I love. Okay, so Omaha is, is really corn? cool. Like oh, we're in Omaha, cool. but everything else is just corn and cows. <laughs> Omaha, it's cool though. You would dig it. There's some really cool shit in Omaha. I need to do yeah. a, a class over there. That would be dope. Yeah. Oh, that would. Be I mean, amazing. we're gonna we're gonna be doing like a big Liberty. Uh, like concert series with some of the guests, the musical guests that we've had. So if uh, maybe we can make something happen where like you do one of your classes and then we're, we'll like cap it off with that. And it'll be some yeah. cool event we do. I'm down. I'll fuck with it. Hell yeah. 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 And if All right. you, know, you want to come and do a gun class or, you know, whatever, get a hold of us. We'll help facilitate that too. Hell yeah. I'm with it. All right, y'all. I'm about to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to go eat steak. You said a cow. So like, <laughs> Good man. Right, Thank you so beef. much for coming on. Thanks, y'all. Yes. I appreciate y'all for having me. Everybody that any got anything from this, please, y'all. We need as much support as possible. Donate, volunteer, majforphilly.com. And uh, if you want to help us get rid of this nine grand, so I can get that off of my plate uh, for a separate thing, I have to keep saying that because like campaign finance rules. Right, right. Uh, a separate thing for the Black Guns Matter classes. GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. And when I when I cut this out to the audio version and everything, I'll I'll make, I will actually make sure to have the links this time. No so, doubt. Thanks for thanks for coming on. All right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all in a bit. Peace. All right. oh, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, y'all.